Week two of the NASportsPage.com podcast from a secret location. Actually, I'm just at the WGIR studios. It's Justin McIsaac, Dave Haley at NASportsPage.com World Headquarters out in Hampton. How are you, buddy? I'm good, buddy. we uh, writing the, uh, the Thursday column and uh, had a hard time coming up with five up and five down this week. Why don't we do three up and three down, some honorable mentions this week? I don't think we want to pick on five teams this week. That's a great idea. I wish I'd thought of something like that, but I, I, I think we should go with that. So before we begin uh, our uh, podcast today, we've got a lot of listeners on Facebook. We're excited. Uh, people are we're excited about a, a midweek podcast from two fools like us. Uh, is sponsored by Concord Orthopedics. We actually, Dan and I were over... Uh, in Concord last week, shooting a pre-roll commercial video that this franchise is working on as we speak. The Concord Orthopedics is going to be sponsoring the coverage of really all the Concord area schools. Uh, I won't be able to think of them all off the top of my head, but John Stark and Bo, Concord High School, of course, Bishop Brady, Kirasage. Uh And so we're really excited about that. They have locations in Concord, Derry, New London, and Wyndham. And uh, they have just agreed to come on as a big partner of ours at Concord Orthopedics. So we couldn't be more excited about that. So look for the debut of the new Jennifer Chick pre-roll video from Concord Orthopedics. So uh, coming soon, uh, they will be the sponsor of the game. I am covering Friday night, uh, Nicole Marrero and I. And we are dragging Nicole kicking screaming away from what her Londonderry Lancers on Friday night. Um, and we are going to be covering the Laconia Sations hosting Campbell. On Friday night, Pete and Jen are going to be in uh, Londonderry where there's a, uh, a game where I believe 20, 30, maybe even 40 to 50 people will be there to see Londonderry take on Pinkerton on Friday night in the Mac Black game. Yeah, just a couple of people will be at that one. It's, uh, it's I, not... I, I would guess like 2,000 people. I would say like 1,500, maybe 2,000 people. I was at Pinkerton last Friday night, as you know, covering the next game. There's easily 1,000 people there, like easily. Yeah, that seems that seems like a lot for uh, for a high school football game, but it'll be uh, it'll be all that and then some for uh, for the Mac. Who's the Mac plaque named after? Is that named after Khalil Mac? I can't remember. That's a question for the Pete Terrier podcast. I don't know when that one airs. Okay, but he'll know. That one. He knows the name <laughs> of every field in Hampshire, and I'm sure he could tell us who the Mac plaque game is. But I was trying to figure out. I'm buddies with Jimmy Lozon, the Londonderry head coach. Um, and last time Londonderry beat Pinkerton was in 2001. So I actually sent a text this morning to Jimmy Lozon that simply said, how old were you in 2001? And what did he say? I haven't responded yet. Maybe in the podcast I can oh, break news. See, maybe how he's, old. Maybe I mean, he, that's 17 years ago. Jimmy Lozon's got to be, what, 28, 27? I feel like he knows where you're going with that, and maybe he doesn't like it, Dave. Maybe he doesn't like it. No, come on. He's my life insurance uh, carrier. He takes care of me, so he set me up. So if someone like you knocks me off, Allison gets paid. So listen, well, that, care of me. that's the best of both worlds as far as I'm concerned. There's a lot of people. But I'm very uh, – you talk about you being hidden to secret locations. A lot of people wouldn't mind taking me out. So you always got to be ready. Absolutely. All right, so uh, why don't you uh, lead things off? We're doing three up, three down this week. And uh, who do you got that's up? I got Wyndham. I got the Jaguars are up. Um, I think that's – you know, one of those scores you might have overlooked, but beating Dover 40 to nothing last week, and, I mean, first of all, putting up 40 on Dover is impressive. The more impressive thing to me is shutting out yeah. a good Dover offense with, with Ty Vicko, a quarterback, and Eric Kumba, uh, the offensive coordinator. 
Uh, Luke Nomino is, is a really good runner for the Green Wave. And, uh, you know, for Wyndham, that was a really impressive win. You, you had to be surprised by the severity of that score. I was, yeah. And I actually watched a, a little bit of that on uh, on YouTube. The TV in my hotel room in Boulder got uh, got had, like, YouTube as one of the options. So I watched, like, a half a quarter. And I was shocked at the way uh, Wyndham was able to shut Dover down. Now, do you expect Wyndham maybe to beat Dover uh, at Mount Jaguar? Sure, I can see that. But uh, yeah. shutting them out and winning so thoroughly, yeah, didn't. Did not see that one coming by a long shot. No, I mean you know when you when you play Winnicott kind of tough, which they did, you know that's one kind of an offense. Winnicott kind of is not going to throw the ball very much, especially when Joe uh, Larosa, their quarterback, got injured in that game. Um, Dover's a all different kind of a completely different kind of offense. You know they're going to throw the ball, they're going to protect you out. Uh, they're going to misdirection on you, so you need to have speed uh, defensively, and that's what they proved. So Wyndham, uh, with that defense, um, really showed a lot. Cody Stevens has been really good a linebacker for them, and uh, you know I think Bill Raycraft and his crew have done a really good job. You know Ryan Murata is a linebacker for them. Mason Belsky, I wrote I, I this in my column. I feel like I've covered four Belsky brothers. Am I making that up? It's just two it's Belsky not, brothers, and it I it seems I'm like it. Right? These kids come out of machines, like I think. Mason Belsky, yeah. So, so they they've been very good, and uh, I thought that was a really good win for them. Um, I'm wrapping up uh, right before you called my preview of Wyndham Exeter. Uh, I wish they pick Ex- uh, Wyndham to win, by the way, at Exeter. Um, that's a really like under the radar big big game. I mean, I think people will be looking at that score, but if Exeter loses that game, they're one and three. Yeah. And uh, and for Wyndham, you know, I think that seventh and eighth playoff spot on that side of the bracket, especially with Goffstown being down, is really up for grabs. And both of those teams, Wyndham and Exeter, I think are going to fight for that last spot. Um, it's obviously it's a big game in Exeter at Dole Ball Stadium on Friday night. And that game's going to be over in about an hour and ten minutes because they both run the uh, you know, run the ball almost uh, exclusively. So, Although, Wyndham can chuck it around told, a little bit. Uh, I told Nicole, it, it reached halftime, 7 o'clock kickoff, 7.05 kickoff, I think, in Derry. Last Friday night at eight o'clock, it was halftime. I'm like, this is the, this, the beauty of you know two two teams that run the football and tend to stay in bounds and and move the clock a little bit. I remember I think I've talked about this maybe even last week in the podcast. I don't remember. I talk a lot. I can't remember who I say what to. That's true. But, uh, we did the Merrimack VG game a couple of years ago, Pete and John, and I think there was a thousand throws in that thing. I think they got out of there like ten forty five at night, and yeah. I, I think John was just begging for basketball season at that point. But uh, <laughs> This will be a, uh, a quick game and, and a very, very good one. Exeter and Wyndham, uh, that should be a lot of fun. All right, so the team I have for uh, my first team up, I'm going to go with Hanover. Uh, Marauders yeah. maybe getting uh, not overlooked, but they're up in the Upper Valley. Not as much uh, media coverage up there. Maybe not talked about as much, but started off with uh, two impressive wins over two pretty good teams, Kennett and Hollis Brookline. Uh, they waxed Kingswood last week. Uh, they've got uh, a couple games they should win, Pembroke and Merrimack Valley coming up before, headed to the juggernaut known as the Guilford Belmont Golden Eagles. Now non-undefeated. That's Guilford true. Belmont, I don't want. Guilford. I don't want to mention it, but uh, it's true. The the cool thing about Hanover is um, Sam Cavallaro is their head coach. His both of his sons were big time All State players for Hanover. Um, one of his sons went on to play at UNH, and uh, Mike Ivanovsky is the I believe he's the defensive coordinator. Um, and he was a long time, really great guy. He was the off, he was the, excuse me, the head coach at Hanover for a long time. Stepped down for, I believe, a year, maybe two, 
and then came back to be on Coach Cavallaro's staff. So they really have, uh, a, you know, really a lot of experience as a coaching staff, and they've been good. They've been a really good program the last few years. They were one of my five up last week. So, uh, yeah, I agree with you on that. Hanover's been really good, and I think they've got a chance to, to, to get a home game. Their, their goal should be to get a home game in the Division Two playoffs. Absolutely. So there you go. Uh, all right, who else do you got uh, that's up, Dave? I got to go with uh, with Pete Carey's alma mater, Nashua South. Nashua South has been putting the points. Uh, they lost in their opener, um, but they really bounced back and played really well the last couple of weeks. They put up uh, Dante Young. When I talked to Scott Knight, their head coach in the uh, father of Trevor Knight, in the preseason, uh, he wasn't exactly sure who his quarterback was going to be, but Dante Young is the guy he settled on. He's thrown for 332 yards um, in the first three weeks of the season. Uh, he's been really good, and he runs really well, too. Uh, they lost 28-26 in their opener at Concord, which is certainly not a bad loss. And Concord's, you know, going to battle for a playoff spot. And since then, you know, BG and Keene are not that great, but but they beat them 33 to eight and 60 to 14 at yeah. Keene. And, and there was some bad blood between those programs years back when when my buddy John Looper was there. I'm not sure anymore, but um, <laughs> but that's a that's a really significant win. Was, so let's look at who they got left on their schedule. This is a national South schedule. They got Merrimack this week at home, which mm-hmm. is a huge game. Nashua North at home, another huge game. So two winnable games, but but against good teams. They go uh, Bedford at home, then they're at Goffstown, Memorial at home, and then at Central to end the season. So South again is one of those teams. I think six and three can get you in. Yeah, and you know they're sort of right there in that West. I I predicted in my preseason preview that North would be the only team coming out of the Western Conference to get in. But, again, I had Goffstown as my eighth playoff spot, and I'm kind of removing Goffstown. Um, not completely giving up on Pete Terry's hometown, but uh, Goffstown at 0-3, um, especially with the loss to the North, uh, they're going to have a, uh, a rocky Balboa in Siberia like mountain to climb uh, to get in. And uh, so these next two weeks against Merrimack and North uh, are going to be huge. Herself, but uh, Scott Knight's done a really good job over there. and They've got uh, a bunch of players. You know, Galen Pacheco is really good. Uh, he's rushed for over 300 yards this season. Brandon Frost uh, is another kid who's had a, a good season for them. And uh, so South is a team that uh, certainly is up right now. All right, there you go. So my second up, uh, Dave, is the Hillsborough Deering Hopkinton Red Hawks. Uh, oh, yeah, Colby Quiet and company. At 2-1 and one, uh, with a, a big win at Laconia. Then they dropped a tough one at Interlakes Moltenboro, kind of a head-scratcher. You beat Laconia, but you lose to Interlakes Moltenboro. It's supposed to be a little bit down right. this year. Uh, and then a nice bounce-back win against Kearsarge, 26-13. Uh, looking ahead at their schedule, they have Newport at home. Uh, then they go 2-11, and that could be a huge one. Uh, That's going to be a fun game. That's going to be a fun game. Yeah, then they're going to really find out what they're made out of because then they have Monadnock and Trinity back-to-back at home after that. Right. Right, right. Um, they're uh, they're in good shape. They own that tiebreaker over Laconia, which is huge. Um, I think they're going to beat Newport this weekend, and then yeah, they're going to have to go at Lebanon, which is going to be um, you know a really tough test. Uh, Colby Quiet's been really really good for this team. Um, he, he, I mean, he's catching the ball out of the backfield. Uh, he's he's one of our candidates for the Adrenaline Fundraising uh, Player of the Week. He's in there right now. The two Manchester kids are, are at the top of the voting so far, but we go till midnight tonight. So mm-hmm. we'll say that. But Cooley Quiet's got 364 yards rushing, and he's got 115 yards receiving. 
Uh, I found a website, nhsportspeak.com. Never I think heard you have it. to have an AOL account to find it. But uh, <laughs> that keeps all the stats for these kids. Uh, but Dylan Barrett's been really good. They got another Yanakopoulos, Caleb Yanakopoulos. Another one. Quarterback. Yeah, we got all sorts of Yanakopoulos and Dulskis just running around out there. Um, so, yeah, no, it, it, it's been a really impressive start uh, for Jay Wood and his crew over there. So, uh, yeah, give a little love to those guys. They, uh, they've kind of been in the shadows the last couple of years. They deserve a little attention. And I believe uh, Colby Quiet is, if I'm not mistaken, the nephew of one Sam Bruno. If you don't know who Sam Bruno is, Dave, I'm going to let you know right now. He, uh, he did sports announcing for a long, long time, still does it. He's the spotter for Sherm Chester when uh, the voice of God, Sherm Chester. The voice of God, Sherm Chester. Yeah. And, and Sam Bruno did play-by-play for my second and third ever professional wrestling matches. So I believe... I knew wrestling was That's coming right. into this. So I believe, I believe Sam is the uncle of Colby Quiet. So there you go. Nice. That's royalty. That's right. In New Hampshire, yeah. No, Colby Quiet's a good little player. We'll see how he does in the voters. They need to get out there and vote in Hillsborough with Darian Hawkinson. He's got two districts. Should be voting for him. We had over uh, 14,000 votes uh, last week. Remember in basketball? We had over 100,000 votes a couple of weeks. Remember that? Yes, the, the, the Yao Ming contingent from Trinity uh, kept on voting. <laughs> yeah, and then it was uh, I think it was the week that Matty F. Doyle, Matty friggin' Doyle from Winnetonka was in there. He came in second, and I bumped into his mother, and she called shenanigans on whoever won, and she said they had some illegal voting app or something <laughs> like that. I can't believe that anybody would ever do such a thing, so never, never. All it right. Couldn't possibly. Your third uh, up. My third up is, uh, is Bo. Uh, that was a really good win uh, at John Stark on the road. Uh, John Stark got him last year. Had a rematch, uh, obviously, this past weekend, and, and Bo gets him. Um, Bo, who is, of course, sponsored by Arkansas Orthopedics. But uh, that was a really, really good win for those guys. Uh, again, Bo, it, it sounds funny to say this because they've been in back-to-back championship games, but they've had to scratch and claw just to get in the playoffs the last two years. Once they've gotten there, they've done tremendous damage. But that win over John Sark is really, really big. Um, can't use the word tiebreaker enough, but... Uh, they go at Guilford Belmont uh, this weekend, in which I think they'd probably be a two or three touchdown favorite. Uh, then they get Pembroke and Merrimack Valley at home uh, before October 12th. A tremendous game that we may have to try to get somebody up to at Hanover. Uh, Bo goes at Hanover. Then they get Kennedy at home and at Sohegan. So it's going to be tough for Bo in the end. But they're 2-1 and one right now, and there's no reason, I don't think, that they're not going to be 5-1. and one after the next three weeks. And uh, that kid, Steve Garrett, is a player for them on both sides of the ball for, for Bo. The Plymouth coaches were raving about him. Uh, he's also, as, as far as from the safety position, and then um, he's also rushed for 311 yards. Matt Nichols has rushed for 211 yards. Typical Bo team, they don't throw the ball that much, although Matt Harkins was a pretty good quarterback for them. But mm-hmm. Corey Gossman playing quarterback and uh, – and it was Andrew Robbins, right? He hit the field goal to win it. That's correct, yes. As featured in the uh, top ten of everything. They made the top ten, yeah. His brother, I think, thought his head was getting a little too big. But um, <laughs> I think he missed two extra points in that game, but he hit the game when he field goal. So, you know, what, what does, don't matter. It makes up for well, it. Yeah. Like, what's going on with NFL kickers, by the way? What's going on? Yeah, I, it's uh, it's wild. So two, uh, yeah, ties in consecutive weeks, uh, and then the Vikings fired that kid. And they asked Mike Zimmer, "Why'd you fire that guy?" And he or cut him. And he said, "Did you watch the game?" <laughs> yeah, it's been I wild. I saw him on um, uh, afterwards on football tonight, and Mike Zimmer's like, "I don't know, we haven't hit forty-five 
yard field goals all day long during practice, and he hits every single one of them. He gets out there and he, he can't yeah. do it. So what am I, what am I supposed to do? Not try a field goal? When he, you know, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I think that was one of the questions. Did you think about moving the ball to the twenty? And I think it was the football. He's like, yeah, do your job. So yeah, some of these high school kids. I, I gotta say, as I wrote this in my Thursday column, the kicker. Alex Tavetter, I don't know if I'm saying it right, for Pinkerton, that kid's legit. He's like 6'4", but he puts his kickoffs within the five-yard line. They're like, it's like the Bill Belichick, you know, what he yep. does with Kostowski. And it's such an underrated feature. Like, Brian O'Reilly, every year when I talk to him for the Pinkerton preview, always talks about special teams. And Exeter and Pinkerton are two teams that always seem to have good kickers. Josh Morissette, uh, the future Seacoast champions, is uh, the punter for, uh, for Exeter. But um, Alex Vetter is a kid who like does a really good job for Pinkerton. So I actually mentioned him in this week's Thursday column as far as you know when you can pin a kid back. So kickers are you know kind of overlooked sometimes, but they're really important, especially in high school football. There you go. All right, my third team uh, that's up, Dave Haley. I am going with the Golden Tornadoes of Franklin. Wow, Division Four, two and zero. Uh, with some, uh, you know, get, taking care of business, beat Mascoma 27-6, beat Farmington Newt by 17 points. Uh, you got three teams right now that are unbeaten in Division Four: Franklin and Newfound, who's really creaming teams, and uh, Winnesquam. Uh, what, what do we know, if anything, about the Franklin Gordon, Golden Tornadoes, other than, I think, uh, Spalding legend Carrie Boo Boo Glue is one of the assistant coaches. I don't know much about Franklin this year. I do know a lot about I'm actually previewing Winnesquam. And newfound. We're going to learn more about D4 as we kind of go along. Uh, Pat uh, Riverty, the head coach at Winnesquam, is actually going to be Pete Nye's guest on the radio show on Saturday morning. He's the Winnesquam head coach. they got a big game against Newfound on Saturday, and he's actually the Shrine coach, head coach, last summer. I there you go. We want to talk about the Shrine game. Nice. And, uh, so, what, what's that? I said nice. Yeah, that should be fun. Oh, yeah, yeah. Pat's been on the show before. He's great. But uh, I know Newfound is a team that just they're they're the old Spalding offense or maybe the new Spalding offense. They just it's just like direct snaps to quarterbacks. It's all running. It's just you know it's like a rugby pile, like moving things forward. Um, Winnesquam can actually throw the ball out with Phil Nichols, yeah. uh, and they've got a really big running back, Angelo Glover, who I think I promised at some point that I would mention. I might do a fundraiser with those guys for adrenaline. So I promised Angelo I'd give him a shout out. So there it goes. Um, It'll be interesting. I don't know much about Franklin yet, but um, we're going to be doing some Division Four games this year, and uh, you know we're not overlooking them. We're just sort of kind of catching up right. because we started a week late. But then, no, it's a good pick. Franklin at Raymond might be fun in a couple of weeks on October the twelfth. So maybe keep an eye yeah. on that one. Surprise Raymond last last week, but yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. All right, so now right, we got to do the now it's time for the downs. Now. We got to get negative. All right, so I'll, I'll get negative. Just usually it's with you. Yeah, no, it's usually with other sports writers, but now we'll just do it. So, my, I don't know if this counts, but I'm breaking the rules in week two. Don't make your Seacoast comments. I don't want to hear your Steinbrenner line. Uh, hmm. You've won two straight titles. Nobody's cheating you. Um, I put a cluster. I got a cluster of teams that oh, I God. put in we go. uh, as my team. So, you can count them as three. You can count them as two. I, I've got four teams total written down, but... I've got a cluster, and those clusters are your Pembroke Spartans, Merrimack Valley Pride, and the Kingswood Knights, all 0-3, and none of them have been really competitive yet. I'm not picking on these teams, but and I do appreciate them because my Guilford Golden Eagles have beaten two of them, but <laughs> 0-3, and I think when you look at, like, for example, you know, if you look at the, uh, the North 
uh, part of Division Two. Plymouth, Hanover, Bow, John Stark, Kennett. I think that's how you rank them. You have Guilford, Belmont next, and then it really drops. Yeah, Pembroke, Kingswood, Merrimack Valley, and those teams right now don't look like they're going to compete against those other teams unless they're playing each other, uh, which they inevitably will. But I, I put those guys in a cluster just because the scores have been real lopsided when they're playing any, any of those teams above them. Bob Levin and I were actually talking about Pembroke football, and we, we, we were wondering what could be done about that. Maybe if they could, uh, if if Pembroke could uh, co-opt maybe with Bishop Brady, because Brady's numbers are always so low. Maybe that would help out a bit. I'm not sure what you can do there. I guess, but I think if you do that, you're gonna. They may bounce up into D1. You know what I mean? Oh uh, yeah, that'd be no bring good. On. Oh, that's what happened with Guilford Belmont. That's been the issue with those guys is they're in the wrong division. But uh, yeah, Pembroke football. I don't think they've ever been. They're not a football school. What's that? They're just not a football school, really. Some, you know, that's not really their identity. No, they're a basketball school. Obviously, yeah. they're going to be in our Coach for a Cause Jamboree. Spoiler alert! And, uh, and by the way, when are we doing that podcast? When are we? I, when do we announce that? October? I don't know. You, you're the only the one that's like, "Hey, we're doing a podcast in ten minutes." I'm like, "I'm, I'm in Colorado. Doesn't matter. Get on the phone." Um, so you tell me when were we're you in Colorado? <laughs> you never mentioned it last week on social media. Or yeah. I had Even a lot my of my sister Nikki, who loves you, was like, "Is McIsaac in Colorado?" I don't know. He hasn't said anything about it. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> I had a great time. I don't care who knows it. <laughs> Look at it. It's a buffalo. We found another statue. That's Look, right. Here's Bob in front of the statue. Here's me in front of the statue. Listen, all you haters, <laughs> get yourself out to Colorado next time. Sorry. No, it's cute. My my Shut grandparents <laughs> used to go down to the Virgin Islands, and they would always take lots of pictures of each other. Are you still coming over? Are you still coming over tonight for the slideshow? Because that was a, a, I have more I can show you. I, I you get the only way you get me over that slideshow is if you tell me that uh, three carousels it comes out of the wall midway through. That's the only reason I get over there. Three that's three that's carousels of slides. I expect you there at seven sharp. But anyway, tell uh, me so- about the. Tell me about the uh, this. This is all the podcast has just broken into a million little pieces. <laughs> tell me, uh, tell me about the uh, the digs though. In at, like in the press box in Colorado, that that must have been nice, right? The press box was actually a horror show. It hasn't been like updated, I think, since the '60s. There was no uh, air conditioning. You had to go down two floors to go to the bathroom. It was the press box wasn't great. What was great was the coaches' offices and the weight room and the uh, all that other stuff. Oh my goodness. Yeah. That was like, you know, I think I said in the top ten, like, you, you, you can know D1, a high D1 football is great, but then seeing it's a whole different level. And then, uh, you know, that's not even like the top of D1. It's not even like an Alabama or an SEC school. I can't imagine what that what facilities oh, there look Texas. like. Yeah, Texas is supposed to be ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's like it's like four parking lots that, that the size of their weight room. And, yeah, and the money. You've seen Alabama's, like, right before they walk on the field, all the national championships and former players and stuff like that. Yeah. No, that's big time. Well, UNH's press box is really nice. I mean, the so UN- nicer than Colorado's. Yes, the UNH because it's so much newer. The UNH press box is a lot smaller, obviously. Uh, you know where the writers sit in Colorado. There's room for about. No lie, like a hundred writers to sit down and watch the game, and there's like an operation center, but it's just old. You know what I mean? Like, it's you go yeah. where the radio guys are, and it's just it's just old and it's it's weird. But uh, but yeah, the uh, the, the, the where, where the players get to work out and all that stuff. Woo! That's that's some good living right there. Murph, uh, Mike Murphy didn't get in a fist fight with Woody Page out there or anything like that. No, anything like Not that. Not as far no. as I know. I mean, uh, you know, yeah. uh, you know, Mur- Murph, Mur- that. Murph walks around under, and under people rest. people know who he is. And uh, that's right. That's so there you go. Okay, perfect. Um, <laughs> well, there you go. Um, another team down for me. Now, remember, I had a cluster, so I think this counts as my fourth and final one. But uh, 
if Kearsage, um, I was really high on Kearsage coming in, and Zach Matthews is a really good coach over there. He does a terrific job. Uh, they added a couple kids from, from, and I mean a couple, from Mount Royal, but they had Andrew Humandon is still a little uh, wide receiver for them. But they've struggled out of the gate. They're 0-3. Um, and, you know, eight teams out of 12 are going to make the playoffs, so teams that are 0-3 like Summersworth and like Kearsage Mount Royal are not out of it by any means. Um, but they're 0-3. They lost 41-14 to Trinity before we knew Trinity was good. Uh, they lost a close game at Laconia 27-18 with Laconia rally to beat them. Um, and then, of course, as you mentioned earlier, Hillsborough Gearing beat them. Uh, last weekend, twenty six to twelve. So they got eleven in this weekend. And then at Stevens, Campbell at home. Oof. Yeah. Then they go at Newport, at Summersworth, which are not going to be easy. And then Manadnock to close the season. So you tell me how Kearside is getting to the playoffs with yeah. that gauntlet. Eleven at home at Stevens, Campbell, Newport on the road, Summersworth on the road, and Manadnock uh, at home. That's a Tough schedule. Yeah, that's. <laughs> I'm trying to think of how they, you know, okay, maybe they catch Lebanon at home. Maybe I'm. I'm just trying to think yeah. of a scenario because it's a long drive. Well, not as long as it would be, so you know, anywhere else. But uh, maybe that one. Um, you know, Newport they should win, but it's tough to win on the road. Uh, they, yeah, I don't know. That's. I'm surprised they kind of stumbled out of the it, gate like they have. These are their three home games remaining: Lebanon. Campbell and the Nadnock. <laughs> <Good luck. laughs> oh, man. It's <laughs> not easy. I mean, those are hard games. I mean, Campbell, I'm talking, you know, covering him for the second time uh, Friday night. Campbell's legit, man. Yeah. I mean, they are, they are a very good football team, regardless of division. I mean, they, they could move up a division and do and do quite well. So, uh, I think you know. if, if Nate Camp draws up a junk defense or something, you know, and, and gets his rotations down, I think they'll be okay over these last few games, right? I said to Zach Matthews last year, I'm like, how did you not just talk Taylor Matthews last year? And it just, you know, coming in, like, anytime you got to the five-yard line, he's six foot ten. <laughs> literally just have him come in and just hawk it high in the air as you can and have him just, who's, who would cover Taylor Matthews? Exactly. Just lob it up to him. It'd be like, you know, when you're, you know, when Cam was seven years old and you were playing, you know, Nerf hoop with him, and I'm sure, you know, when you dunking on him and oh, yeah. screaming, grabbing the plastic rim, but, you know, <laughs> could have done something like that. Hey, tomahawk jams on a seven year old. That's what I would do. It's it's an opportunity loss. That's how they um, learn. True. <laughs> sure. All right. So for my uh, for my teams that are down, uh, I'm going to start with Epic New Market and. I, you know they've had they've had a, a really tough schedule out of the gate at Stevens at Campbell home for Trinity. This is a program that's I think on their fifth head coach in five years. So I'm just not sure yeah. how you build any program continuity when uh, you know when, when you have yeah. that many new people coming in and out the door. No, I, I mean there's a difference. Every you know when you take somebody, um, you know for example, Rod McQuarrie left at John Stark. Um, and and they they brought in uh, the defensive coordinator they promoted within and so forth. Then that's fine, you know. And we saw Glenn Costello, same thing at Campbell, taking over for Greg Gus. That's fine, you know. You're you're run pretty much. You're going to tweak this or that. But really, you're going to run pretty much the same stuff. But when you bring in a lot of different people, and I can't speak to all five of them at the new market, but now it's it's really tough for the kids, and it's uh, you know it's different philosophies, it's different voices, it's just it's different offenses, and um, it makes it pretty difficult. Yeah, and, and we know from covering basketball, they got some athletes over there, both Epping and Newmarket, and they get a pretty oh, good yeah. mix of both of both schools. So it's a it, it, it's a head scratcher. 
the both the top five in basketball this year with Nick Fassett and Jamie Hayes over there. But yeah, for football, it's been uh, a bit of a struggle. All right, my second team down is Goffstown, which you might have had them down last week. I, I can't, I can't quite remember. I can't remember uh, what happened. Ten they were my ago. number one down last week. Yeah, but it's just it's uh it's puzzling because we know Justin Huff's one of the uh, one of the better coaches in uh, in the state, and you know they've had a you know Merrimack kind of surprised people week one. Nashua North, uh, you know, is is a good solid team. Then you know Bedford, of course, is Bedford, but Goffstown really hasn't been competitive in these games, which is I think the real shock. Yeah, I mean, uh, something to note, um, and I have, you know, I haven't spoken to anyone over there, so it's just something to note, uh, you know, kind of throw it out there and leave it. Justin Huff took over as athletic director because uh, uh, my buddy Steve Fountain stepped down uh, last year to, to for a new career opportunity, and so Justin Huff is the AD, so that's a lot more work, you know. And yeah, maybe a maybe, transition going on, perhaps. Who knows? Yeah. I mean, I've, I've been told that Justin Huff wasn't calling the offense anymore, and, and he called the defense for a long time with those really good Sohegan teams. He's a very, very – he's an excellent coach. Um, and, and, and at own 3 he still is an excellent coach. But, you know, I don't know if because of the responsibilities he has as ADs, it's kind of taken him away from a couple things, but – yeah, they're very un-golf sound like scores, like you said, forty-one to six, forty-eight to twenty-two, and forty-four to seven. Um, played three, in my opinion, playoff teams in Merrimack, North, and Bedford. But the totality of those scores, and uh, I picked Conquer to beat them this week. We'll see what happens. Uh, Zach Miles has been running all over the place, and Isaac uh, Gladdy. You know, Conquer's a good team. Um, but you know, for Gosstown, uh, it's getting late early, and uh, like I said, I think six and three. Is going to be, you know, the team that gets in last, and they're already zero and three. So uh, it is surprising, disgusting. Exactly, it's surprising because complimentary. You know what I mean? There's such yeah. a good program, such a fun place to go watch a game too. Absolutely, yeah. So to, uh, to wrap it up for uh, teams that are down a bit, uh, I think I had them last week. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I can't. And you or I might have had them last week, but Bishop Curtin. The other reason I'm, I'm saying they're down is because they have to face Keene. And what is it? What has it been about Keene? Every year they that always gets they always get BG, don't they? And and BG zero and three going into this one could be could be ripe for another Blackbird upset. It's kind of a bummer that that those two teams are down. Those were really fun games. I mean, I'm going back to like Tony Johnson. Right. And, I mean, Keen. I mean, I remember BG being uh, you know considered the best team in the state of New Hampshire, and Keen every year would just absolutely battle them. And you know, Tana Lupa, Lucas Lupa. Were quarterbacks back then, uh, you know, John Sons, and uh, those key teams are so tough. And, uh, you know, you know me, I have that, I have a little uh, soft spot in my heart for Keen. That's where I went to college. I love, I, I, I paraded you around that town. That's Keen true. Is awesome. I love Keen. I love everything about that town. Um, but yeah, it's been a bummer to see them down. Um, I, I, you know, read that they have a lot of underclassmen, so hopefully they're building from within. To get back, but uh, I mean, we remember. Boy, I remember. Uh, you know, your boy over at UNH, Trevor Knight, will tell you his career ended at home against Keene in the playoffs. Yeah, Keene went in there and beat them, and then Keene hosted Pinkerton in the uh, in the semifinals the next week. So uh, to see Keene down like that and to see BG down for guys like you and I have been doing this for a long time. It's it's it's, it's kind of a bummer because that was one of my favorite. Favorite rivalries, you know, in the state of New Hampshire. It's such an unusual rivalry because it just seemed to be born out of Keene just had BG's number. You know what I mean? There's they're not close to each other. Keene's not close to anything geographically, 
But right. uh, it was just born out of like, B, yeah, like you said, BG would have these monster teams, and Keen would always, you know, either beat them or or just give them the best game of the season. Usually, it was, it's uh, it's it's, it's it'll still be a fun game. Don't get me wrong, but yeah, it just doesn't have the uh, the panache to use a five dollar word that it might in uh, in past years. No, I mean Keen just gave up sixty points last week to South. So, and uh, you know, and and so. It, They've got to be at their lowest point right now, so it's good to get BG in there. One of those teams is going to walk away with a W, and, uh, you know, we still see BG's got, you know, like I said, last week, uh, Austin Hisco has been a good receiver, and Kyle Baker has been really good defensively, and he's a good tight end. So they've got a few weapons, but depth's been an issue with BG the last few years. But, uh, but yeah, that's one of those remember when, sort of like the Trinity Central basketball rivalry, which just hasn't been the same the last three for years, that was to me my favorite game of the year. Every year in basketball, and it just you know, it's gone through a cycle where it hasn't been, and, and that's sort of the same thing with Keen and BJ. All right, well, there you go, three up, three down. Uh, just an honorable mention for up. I mean, they're way up, but we just expected is uh, Stevens heading into Summersworth uh, undefeated. Yep. So, uh, they, you know, we love the Stevens program. Both of us do. So give them an honorable mention. Yep. Who else? Who do you got for honorable mentions, real quick? I had Newfound and Hillsborough Deering Hopkinson on my list, so I mean, two of the schools that you mentioned. So those are my honorable mentions of both of those teams. And um, I'm interested to see what happens with Newfound and Winnesquam this week because, you know, Newfound's just a ground and pound team, and Winnesquam can kind of score on you in a couple different ways. You know, like I said, they'll throw the ball 20, 25 times with Phil Nichols. Uh, Gunnar Hammond is a really good wide receiver for them. And then, like I said, Angelo Glover is, is a beast at running back. So uh, that's going to be a fun game to see. I want to get out and see Winslow play uh, sometime soon this year. Pat does a, a terrific job uh, offensively. And uh, you remember him with those Christian Serrano, Timmy Armand teams. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I think Jake Snell was the running back. So um, it should be a lot to see. Do you have a bye week? Is UNH off this week? We are off this week. <laughs> I actually filled up my Saturday with uh, with other freelance stuff. Yeah, I'm doing uh... – I'm doing Amherst Williams field hockey. That's right, Saturday at 11 a.m. and then it's Granddaddy of Yeah, well, that, that's a that's a super old rivalry, Williams and Amherst. And then at 7 p.m., I have a Dartmouth Brown women's soccer on ESPN Plus. So how about that? There you go. I I'm going to watch the worst three and football team in America play when Notre Dame takes on Wake Forest. And no, Wake Forest is not three and My Irish. Just not good. Wake Forest is actually good. not bad this year, too. So that, that uh, you feel like I've taken your your gun and just taken all the bullets out? I mean, because I really, I'm, what are you going to say to me? They're not good. No, no you're not, not good right now. You're not wrong. They're still ranked top ten because of a brand recognition, but uh, but there you go. And then Friday night, uh, MOSN will have the game that somebody must win: Spalding versus the Portsmouth Oyster River Clipper Cats. Dave. Oh boy! I now I did you now. You took Spalding and staff picks? I haven't filled them out, but I'm going to, yes. <laughs> I took Ports with Oyster River, so maybe we could uh, a, a refreshment. We'll put a refreshment on that one, you and I, as a bet. I took Ports with Oyster River in that one, but I could go either way. I just want to see how I want to see how depressed. Uh, who's who? Do, okay, here you go. Here's a fun little wager. Who's going to be the most depressed? Uh, will it be Milsey, Pafford, uh, Johnny Yafola, or will it be or or Hop? No, Bob it's. Hopley. No, Johnny told me last year everybody's been mispronouncing his last name all this time. It's supposed to be pronounced Yafola, but he just goes with everyone else. Really? Yeah, I told you this. You've forgotten about it, but yeah. 
Johnny Big, I? He's my buddy. He never told me. Johnny Yafola so, is how it's actually pronounced. That's you know, some of us know things, Dave. No big deal. That's yeah, like Tarad Taylor. Uh, yeah, yeah. It was, it was but of those four, who's I, I be, think Millsy would be the most impressed. Yeah, I, gotta, I tend to agree with you. I mean, Hop's a big kid. Even when Hop's happy, he he kind of puts on the face oh, of being depressed. Hop wins but, every baseball game he's ever coached. True. He's fine. He's got basketball coming up. Where he's, you know, although they're in D one this year for basketball, right? So yes. it'll be a little more difficult. But yeah, I'll go with Millsy too. Oh, shoot, I was I thought that was going to be a, a wager too, but yeah, I, I, it's Millsy by a mile. Right? I'll bump into Millsy sometime on Saturday <laughs> evening, and we'll see how he's feeling. Uh, I'm usually sitting next to him, but uh, yeah, that was, that would be my tiring. It's like a Millsy one, Tapper two, and then uh, Johnny I and and Hopley uh, a distant third. I think those two, but it'll be interesting. I think it's nothing but positives for Spalding because. Uh, they competed against Winnicott. You know what I mean? They, yeah. they competed. I, I know they got pushed around a little. I know Winnicott was never going to lose that game. But Kevin Hebert and I talked for a long time in the preseason. He's just like, we, we want to compete. We want to get back you know, to respectability. They were a very respected program. And he wants to get it back, and, and he will do that. You know what's funny is the first year uh, I was doing games, and I think that he was the uh, the AD and coach in there. Their season started off very similar. They 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 started off getting blown out, and then they were still losing. But it was it was more competitive. And then like the the turnaround game was the game they played against Dover, where they only lost uh, like fourteen to nothing. And then they ended up getting to the semifinals and losing on a last second field goal that year. They they turned things around. So I, I don't expect that quick of a turnaround. But you you can definitely see things are going in the right direction for for uh, oh that Spalding. was the game yeah the Dover I remember that and then Dover played did Dover play Winnicott in the championship. Now they played year? BG. And it was it was a pretty it right. was a pretty close game. Dover got like a ninety yard fumble return for a touchdown that next week in the Division Two Championship game. Yeah, that was a fun game too. Man, yeah, it's man. You and I have seen a lot of these games. I noticed on the uh, I noticed on the the ten year special that we taped uh, for any sports. We're going to put it back up during basketball season when our basketball audience comes back. But I'm calling Troy Missouri, Cam Missouri, and I'm calling this Looper brother the Long Looper. <laughs> There's so many kids and so many names. It's hard when you say. Just tend to like call them by their brothers' names. It's like this season, I'm guranteed to call Eli Swanson, who I love as a kid from Middle Age. I'm going to call him Zach Swanson yeah. like ten times. It, it, it also doesn't it help. It, is. it doesn't help that we're not that smart either. So that's you know a factor. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> I think that's been apparent for the last forty minutes or so. There you go. All right. Well, that'll do it. Remind everybody where you uh, you guys are going to be. You're going to be uh, at one game. Pete's going to be at another. Where are you going to be? I'm going to be about three hundred feet uh, above ground level. Uh, at Laconia High School on Friday night with Nicole Marrero. Uh, Laconia hosting Campbell. That was a game that I looked at the schedule. I'm like, oh, that's fun. I mean, they have never played each other, and uh, the defending champs Laconia is now 2-1, and one, starting to get some guys back. Jacob Steele's running crazy all over the place. So that should be a really fun game. And then Pete and Jen, the, the game of the week is uh, is Pinkerton at Londonderry. And I think I picked Pinkerton Stafford, but this is the best chance I think that Londonderry has to actually beat Pinkerton. They haven't beat them since 2001. Uh, they've been close, but they've never beaten them. I think this is—they've got a real good shot. I'm very high on Londonderry. All right, there you have it. So, uh, thanks to Concord Orthopedics for sponsoring today's podcast, and uh, for Dave Haley, I'm Justin McIsaac. We'll see you next week.